it's a Ghostbusters movie with kids? I've not seen this. How yeah. have I not seen this? I don't know. I saw. I I, I clicked on uh, one one time on YouTube. I clicked on new movie trailers and. I watched a couple, and then now I'm getting served up like 20 different new movie trailers of 2020 videos every time I log on to YouTube. So well, they're going awesome. a bit heavy with that one, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that I saw the Ghostbusters one in there, and like it, it seems like they're uh, it's maybe like way in the future, or maybe now, I don't know. But they they, they these kids find the old uh, car and the the plasma packs and everything oh my and god they like revive it quote unquote and but what i really thought and you'd appreciate this one but i i th- what gave me the chills though was the way that they um worked on the sounds for the sirens and the and and i don't just the sound effects um, oh yeah like you know the ghostbuster that you know the the, the the siren that they have on the car yeah but the way they they scored it into the the music and the i don't know it, just, it was just really good i will definitely so, have to check that out you know yeah, i mean you know you know i'm into a good score for a movie yeah movie right score. right so yeah, that sounds awesome. I saw a new. Um, it was actually yesterday. I saw. Speaking of movies, they just released the trailer for the new Dune movie. Like the one that was with the Rock. Um, was there one with the Rock? Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Yeah. No, this is a different one. Like this is like. This is completely new. Good. Because that one was horrible. <laughs> this is, it's probably going to come out in like 2021. I would imagine. Right, I would imagine, fine. but it looked pretty good. You should look up the trailer. But it okay. just like the trailer just dropped. I think yesterday. Gotcha. Okay. So, what the Google search? I'll, I'll do it now so it's in my browser history. <laughs> so that's been one thing I've I've missed. I think through quarantine life is we really haven't had that much that many movies come out have we right right i mean there have been movies come out but and i just thought about this the other day do are are, are movies being produced now with fewer people yeah i don't know that's a good because question because they can't be in you know they can't be in the in huge vicinities. yeah can you even produce i guess you could produce a movie with like fewer people yeah, I mean, but maybe one cameraman, pretty... one boom guy. <laughs> it might be a low budget style, but we're gonna see a lot of indie films come out in twenty twenty one. I do like a good indie film, though. I could, I do like a good like. It's like almost B rate, but not quite B rate. And you're like, mm, yeah, this is good. I, I have yet to see a good indie film, to be honest with you. They're really? usually so. Boring. I have a list I'm going to share with you. Share me the list. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll look. Yeah. I'll judge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So well, you know what is, else? Um, okay. It is uh, winter, almost winter, and you know what that means. You know what it is. It's pumpkin spice season. <laughs> well, it's also, um, you do, I, Dollar General already has uh, Christmas stuff out, too. <laughs> oh, do they really? Yes. They need to let October finish. I know. I, I think know. everyone will agree with us. They need to let October finish. Let Just October finish. Yeah. Let us get, let us have some pumpkin spice season. Yeah. I love yeah. everything. At this time of year, I love everything pumpkin. 
<laughs> I really do. I'll, it's like I, um, at least one I'm pumpkin. impartial to the pumpkin everything. I mean, really, it, it's it's good, but uh, I, I I can't like I'm I'm not I have to wait for it or what is that term? I can't wait. I can't not wait. You can't have pumpkin. Nope. <laughs> you can't. I'm not getting it. I'm not understanding. I'm, I'm, I, I I can wait for said pumpkin. You can I don't have an pumpkin. itch for pumpkin. <laughs> oh, I do. I bought some uh, pumpkin spice Cheerios yesterday. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not tried them. Um, I, I, though, um, I did find some good uh, pumpkin gluten-free, pumpkin spice gluten-free waffles that were oh. pretty phenomenal. See, you're into the pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of into That's it. It's true. I do, yeah, I do like the, yeah. Yeah, every, I'll everything. agree. Everything pumpkin. So I mean, is it like? Is it technically fall? Is right now fall, or is it like pre-fall? I'm gonna call it pre-fall. It's kind of pre-fall. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's prawl. It's prawl. I mean, it, you know, if it, 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 depending on where you're at, you know, up north it's fall, um, but here it's not. <laughs> so up where I grew up in Idaho, it um, we have no we have no fall season. It just goes straight from. Um, it goes straight from summer to winter. Like I'm, I'm really not joking. I talked to my parents, um, this week and it was one day it was in the nineties. I'm not joking. The next day, the low was 32 degrees and it was snowing. That is completely (laughs) no, no fall. Big oof. No fall whatsoever. Yeah. We had, we had fall in Kentucky. It was definitely, it was nice. Yeah. Fall was very nice. Yeah, I like the leaves changing. It is I nice. miss the leaves. There's no leaves in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah, it's all you got all palm trees. Palms, yeah. Palm <laughs> trees and pine trees. That's all we get. Yeah, those just kinda stay they stay constant. Yeah. Now you need to take a you need to dr- take a drive on the uh Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. I have done such. Yes. And that is just unbelievable. Right around I mid October. Peak yeah. season. Run into a bunch of leafers. <laughs> leafers. That is a funny word. That's the what they leafers. call them. Leafers. I know. I know, but I don't know. It seems kind of derogatory. <laughs> For some dang, reason. Dang leafers. Those leafers. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, anyway, man. so I am Paul Hannock. I'm the director of digital marketing for uh, us here at Intercoastal Net Designs. And I am David Thompson, the director of social media for ICND, and welcome to another episode of our lovely podcast. We just like to get on here and have a lot of fun, so that's what we do, good, right, Paul? Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, well, um, I wanted to ask you a question. Heading into fall, um, how this has been a, a question my mind. How do you think? Do you think search terms change um, moving from one season to another that's pretty that's a good misconception i think really? um while yes they do shift a little bit the problem is and this has always been our problem so if somebody wants to come to uh is there a tourist destination in idaho that i can reference <laughs> um yeah so yellowstone okay yeah, that's a good. Well, one. I mean, it's close to Idaho. I don't think it's necessarily yeah, in yeah. Idaho, but close. We're close. But um, uh, let's say uh, if if somebody searches for um uh, lodging near Yellowstone, they're doing that 
all times a year. And when they do that search, they don't add the word for fall or for September or, or whatever to their search. Because the results that they're going to get when they type in lodging near Yellowstone are the same results that they're going to get if they search in the fall, if they search in the summer, if they search in the spring. Yeah. So nobody's conditioned to uh, put in the the season or a certain month because they're going to get search results. They're going to get lodging near Yellowstone, and they can then go to that website and search for their dates. Interesting. So yeah, the terms themselves don't really change too much. Uh, it, it, th- there is a shift. Um, people looking for uh, like the word fall specials. Um, you know, summer specials, Winter last minute specials, specials yeah. stuff like that. Those terms are always, always going to be there, but they're very, very low volume. Uh, so if you put your eggs all in that basket of hyper specific seasonality terms and don't go after the, the big ones uh, still, then you're shooting yourself in the foot Yeah, because people don't, don't search that way. Well, that may, I mean, that may, that makes sense. Um, yeah. What what does is there anything that does change moving from one season to another when you're talking about like ad campaigns as far as Google goes and all that? Yeah, you do see shifts in uh, user behavior more than anything. Uh, mainly looking for different duration stays. Um, you know, de- depending on if it's ski season or if you're in a beach area, whatever, those, those durations do change once they get to the website. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, though, not much changes enough to be, um, to have to change up your, like your pay-per-click plan or to go after certain keywords. Now, content marketing wise, uh, on the other hand, you know, it, it never hurts to build pieces of content surrounding fall. Oh no! You know, not at all. Um, you know that that's that's always good because you're going to get traffic from that, and hopefully have enough calls to action to lead them down a booking funnel with you guys. Um, you know, if you do, if you go to, uh, I did this uh, just well, it was probably a while back, but um, you just search for any destination, vacation rentals or uh, rentals or lodging, and then just add the word fall or add the word summer after it. There's not much variation there. There's no there's no specific content dedicated to uh, fall. There are the big wigs again, like um you know Travelocity and TripAdvisor and and VRBO that still show up in in the search results, but maybe they change up their meta title to include fall 2020. Yeah, you know just to try to entice more clicks, but nothing. Once you get to that page, nothing's really different. But they, and, and they have the budgets <laughs> to spend on, you know, yeah. tons of yeah. search terms. Yeah. I'm doing that stuff. So, yeah, your strategy doesn't have to really change too much, to be yeah. honest. Cool. I would write a blog post about how much I like pumpkin spice. That's what I would write about. There you go. <laughs> Where to get good pumpkin spice frappuccinos. See? <laughs> Look at that. That's a great blog post idea. That's- <laughs> Enjoy it on your oceanfront balcony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're making the correlation. It's got the pumpkin spice yeah. in there. Yeah, there's there's tip number two. Always try to uh, work anything that you write about and pertain it to the rentals that you have. There you go. 
Next question. This one's for you, man. Um, okay, go ahead. You know, this is a uh, we kind of we talk about this a lot, but I do want to get a very dumbed down, broken out version of this answer that anybody can understand. When you're doing social media campaigns and you're running ads, uh, and or if you do organic stuff, but mainly let's focus on the ad side of it. Like, what should I be looking at? Like, what metrics? Because, um, you know, we, we talk about impressions and, uh, you know, Facebook has this reach thing that nobody knows about. What does reach mean? <laughs> uh, and why is, you know, tell me about that stuff. Like, what should I be really focusing on? Yeah. And so what do I care about? What do I not care about? <laughs> so there's a couple different metrics to look at when you're running a social ad. Um, some of the ones that I look at just off the top of my head would be, you said reach and impression. Those are really good ones. Um, especially when you start comparing those to your results. So one thing I look at when I'm trying to determine whether a campaign is working properly or not is obviously you look at like, well, how many clicks am I getting? Right. How, how many conversions am I getting from, you know, results, mm -hmm. I guess I shouldn't say conversions because a conversion would be on the website, but you can still have a conversion with your campaign. Um, right. So I look at like, okay, if I'm getting a huge amount of reach and impressions, um, or if I'm getting a huge amount of impressions and not a whole lot of um, results, like not a whole lot of clicks, then it's like, okay, maybe something's wrong. Maybe the content's not right, or maybe the call to action isn't right. Um, your impressions is basically mm -hmm. how many people are seeing that and your reach is basically how far your ad is going. Um, so what metric is that? What metric is reach in a number format as well? Just like Yeah, reach and impressions and results are all in a number format. So normally your, normally your reach is going to be a little bit higher than your impressions and your mm -hmm. results are going to be lower than those two numbers. But right. if you're running like... I like to run a lot of A-B testing ads um, where I compare different types of content to other types of content. Um, and so you can normally see it'll sort of scale up with each other. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? Where like you'll see which ones are, you'll see which ones are doing better, but normally the numbers will be kind of like a sliding scale. So if this one's doing better across the board, then this one's going to be doing better, but just a little bit less, but it's all going to be comparatively the same as far as reach impressions and results. Um, mm -hmm. If you have those numbers thrown off a little bit and you see kind of a, um, a difference in that scale, then that might tell you that there might be something going on with the ad itself to where you need to change up some of the content. Um, and then, of course, looking at these ads all the time, you sort of develop an eye to just be able to say, oh, yeah, something's like something's going on here. It's like you notice a, a difference in the pattern. So right. it's definitely right. a pattern sort of thing. Another thing that um, a lot of people don't look at, but it's really important to look at is frequency. Um, so a lot of people ask one of the biggest questions is, well, how much should I be spending? Well, <clears throat> You can tell by looking at your frequency. So if you're running ads and your frequency is super high and it's going to be on a number, um, a number system too. So like if your frequency is like 20 or 25, then that's that's a lot. Frequency is um, however many times that ad is shown to a person on um, 
whatever um, time frame you have that set up for. So normally it's on like a, a 30 day time frame or sometimes mm-hmm. it's a couple weeks. <clears throat> and so if your frequency is like maybe two and a half to three, that's a pretty good number. Like normally you don't want to be over five um, because you don't want to burn your audience out. I mean, if they're seeing, right. if you're seeing an ad, like when you get on Facebook or Instagram, if you're seeing an ad, 20 times within a couple weeks it's like all right take it easy exactly. <laughs> you know like eat, yep. eat back back off you know <laughs> i'm not buying you now yeah, from I'm you not now buying just because anything. of this <laughs> yeah exactly um and then probably the last couple things that i look at would be um what demographic is actually converting so i'll normally mm-hmm. go in and just look at some stats and just see um which one is converting compared to like um how many people are being reached in that certain demographic. I could explain that a little bit better. Let me try. Um, So if you look (laughs) in the stats, it'll give you kind of a scale with the audience that you're targeting. And it'll say um, for like the age range, it'll see, say in this, in this group of people, let's just say 25 to 35. This is how many people were reached, but this is how many people actually clicked on the ad. So I just look at those and normally I'll compare them to um, Google Analytics and see which ones are matching up. So see which ones are converting on the website. Um, mm-hmm. And then that helps me sort of hone in on the audience a little bit more. So what I try and do is find similarities between those two stats. Um, right. And then I kind of target that audience a little bit more narrowly. Um, right. If that right. makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, put your money where the money is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's basically the strategy. Is you look at you you launch this ad and you kind of you, you create an audience and then you start looking at the data and say, okay, well, here's the people that are really interested. Well, let's let's target those people a little bit more, and then you'll find that there's going to be another segment within that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, seg seg uh, segmentception segmentception. There's a word Something. for you. Um, it's like inception. <laughs> Segmentception. <laughs> I, I can't even say it. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I look at, and then I'll promise I shut. I'll, I promise I'll shut up. Is if you're running any sort of A/B testing ads, always look at your content. Like always look at. It. So I really like to run dynamic creative ads on Facebook and Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and it just A/B tests like everything from text to headlines, call to action buttons. Uh, images videos whatever Um, so I go through and I just make a list of everything that's performing well and then I just try and look at it from a consumer standpoint like why were they attracted to this photo is it because of the landscape is it because there were um, there was a family in the photo Um, you know was it the was it the setting was it the sunset and sometimes you can sometimes you can find um, some patterns and sometimes you can't but it's, right. it's always helpful to try and look at that. I think I've under uncovered some gems for some clients before, just because we have mm-hmm. looked at some different um, things like that. And it's like, oh, wow, there's actually a pattern here. You know, they're really, the right. audience is really interested in, you know, dogs on the beach <laughs> for whatever right. reason. So we focus right. on that and we have a win. So, yep. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I I, I do want to clear up any misconceptions out there. You know, if if you hire a company or or you start yourself, and you know, I'm going to run some from Facebook ads, or I'm going to run pay per click, and I'm going I'm going to be like full throttle right out of the gate. It doesn't really work that way. I mean, no. you you have to your audience segments are so big that 
you have to spend time to look at your data and then analyze it and realize what's working and not working and, and change your strategy. You know, yeah. it, it's not one of those, right? It, it, it's not a full fledged, you're going to get max conversions in the first couple of weeks of your, your campaigns. You're, you're just not because you need to see what the data shows you as far as what's happening before you can uh, make adjustments to those campaigns to make them perform better. Yeah. And sometimes it takes two, three, four months. And, you know, the seasonality of this is a very difficult um, factor for us to have to manage because you know that that one month of of looking at data you know changes uh between you know June and July and May and June and you know things change so what worked last month might not work at the end of the the next month yeah so it's a constant constant struggle struggle's yeah. real hashtag <laughs> <laughs> hashtag the struggle is real that's that's what i do on on the reg is i basically look at campaigns and the audience and see see what's working and see what's not you know i mean that's yeah, that's yeah. A, a lot of it that's like 90 percent of it you know right. setting it up is easy it's really what you do with the data after you've set it up so. exactly exactly Speaking and of luckily data, we've been doing that for so long whoop i cut you off <laughs> Look, <we've laughs> i had doing a that really good so transition really good segue <laughs> oh I, I blew it <laughs> Absolutely. What were you going to say? Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know now. Um, yeah, but luckily we've been doing it for uh, so long that it's uh, we, we kind of know those trends so we can anticipate what's happening. Yeah. You know, where, whereas outside companies that don't have vacation rental experience, uh, it, uh, we've we've gotten clients that have come from other agencies um, that quote unquote specialize in pay-per-click or specialize in SEO, but it never transfers to the vacation rental sector because it's so much different versus you know if you're if you're bidding if you're doing pay-per-click for a product versus pay-per-click for a vacation rental oh yeah two completely different beasts yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely so well i was going to say speaking of data and trendy things um we have some trendy marketing terms for you guys yeah you use these if you where do we even uncover these are these are trending like these are trending on google right now right or just in, are they just yes. in? Just they're in kind the, of out there. Yeah, they're out there in Cyberland. Some of them aren't exactly like Google Trends, but they are terms that have uh, have come up that we've seen on you know articles and you know people talking and stuff like that. Okay, so it's pretty cool. First one is uh, pretty common, but it's a WFH, which means work from home slash hotel. So that's pretty prevalent these days. Uh, everybody is WFHing. So, um, although work from home is still quicker and easier to say, yeah, <laughs> less syllables. That's. I feel like that's more of like a typing term too. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, WFHing. Mm-hmm. WFH working from home. Yep. It's it's the LOL of today. It is. <laughs> it's the new yeah. Um, staycation would be the next one. Vacation yeah. spent at home or nearby. Um, I've actually used this with, um, a client in, in the recent, recent past. Yeah. So yeah. we've used the term staycation and it has worked. Um, it was actually a campaign for local people because they were quarantined, um, mm-hmm. but local people in the community and they had the option to come and stay in, um, a beautiful oceanfront area. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it worked. It worked. Yeah, and th- that is a very uh, that. 
term is trending. If you go to Google Trends and you type in staycation, you're going to see a absolutely huge spike, as well as a spike in traffic for people looking for searching for quote unquote Airbnbs near me. Really? I wonder, could you search for, I'm curious about what the results would be for staycation near me. Hmm. That is, that's kind of the point of a staycation though. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess it's, it's saying like the same thing over and over. That's true. But you know, staycation, um, it, it, it does have that kind of that double meaning. Whereas yeah. staycation could mean staying in your town versus staying at home. <laughs> That's true. You know, so that is a that is a double meaning. Yeah. But um yeah, there is there's a, a bit of a bump too for staycation near me. Not as much as just plain staycation or Airbnb near me, but Interesting. But yeah, it's there too. Interesting. Live data on the fly <laughs> from the Vacation Rental Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> So the the next one it kind of segues um is a nearcation. So same thing as a, a staycation except you know we're specifically talking about traveling to close destinations. Uh so a nearcation would be, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas if you're if you're uh, just traveling to the next town over or within a within an hour distance then that's a nearcation. See, that's an interesting term to me cuz like if you are traveling to the next town over wouldn't that be considered a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and but tell me to near. shut up. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nearcation. I like that. I like nearcation because it's just like it's it's just maybe you know, just a couple minutes away. Not too far. Right. You right. know. You've got to have some local attractions close to your town that are just you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. So. I mean, even if you're not doing attractions, it's still like awesome to just get away from your house. Yeah, no, it <laughs> have is. a different different set of, set of uh, scenery, and that's why um, you know these these terms are trending because people are looking for that kind of experience now. Yep. They don't want to go too far, and uh, yeah. So the next one is a different term. Um, this is where it starts to get wacky, guys. Quarantine <laughs> bubble. Yeah, so it's a small group of people of all ages from various families and local neighborhoods that only interact with each other. And then apparently these people are going out as families since all the since all the kids are working from home and all the parents are working from home. They all go together and they go get sort of like a vacation somewhere else and they go vacation somewhere and it's a quarantine bubble. So they're staying within their quarantine bubble, but they're all still traveling as a group of people. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And then there's, um, pandemic pods. Pandemic pods. Pandemic pods. Um, I don't know if I like that one. I just don't know if I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that one sounds. Uh, yeah, it could be bad, but um, you know, also I mean, you can call them travel pods if you want. But um, I like that. The, these, it's kind of the same thing, but it's just that exclusive interaction uh, with the same amount of people, same limited amount of people. So you you are staying uh, within that that same quarantine bubble, uh, <laughs> so to send. So Bring your sense, pandemic but. pod to our vacation rental. <laughs> um, Not saying we should use these in marketing, but these are just <laughs> terms that are out there. Oh, these are just terms. I thought we were using these in marketing. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, 
Quarantines. Kind of a play on words. <laughs> words there. Interaction with the same people that all adhere to strict social distancing guidelines. So you've got a team yeah, of well, people that want to hang out with each other, but they all do not hang out with other people. It sounds like a bunch of introverts that get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. They've never interacted with any other people. <laughs> yeah. Even before COVID, they were like, mm, COVID. yeah, yep. we're just going to stay in our little group. That's fine. Quarantines. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you take the last one. Go ahead. Sorry, I started cutting right. you off. I got excited no about this uh, one. Last one is road schooling. <laughs> like road scholaring, you know, but road schooling. Uh, basically, you know, taking the kids on the road to homeschool. So you go to a vacation spot and um, they are road schooling. <laughs> That's so instead of, you know, instead of being at home and, and doing this, the schooling, since you can do virtual learning, you know, go to a hotel room and they're a vacation rental with a nice view and, and do it there. All I can so. think about is the movie Christmas Vacation. I don't know why. Mm, yeah. Is that, true, that's true. the one where they go on the road, right? Not Christmas Vacation. Oh, uh, which one? You're talking it? about just, just vacation, National Lampoon's vacation of some sort i forgot oh what. yeah that's right yeah, they, they did go on the road to the desert in the hoover dam that's all i can think of that's it I yeah don't know why. yeah Same road deal. schooling road Home, schooling homeschooling on the road to amazing <laughs> travel destinations um, but yeah those are just some funny ones to 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 you know, maybe or maybe not use depending on uh depending on <laughs> if you want to or not but if someone can work in pandemic in. pods into some marketing like yeah, Go send that em. over to us. Go get them. Yeah, please send. We want to see your 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 win there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, on to I didn't have a segue for that. I'm sorry. On to our topic of the day. What we really want to talk about today is it's a change in season. So, um, what what would you call? It? Would you call it owner acquisition campaigns? Yeah. Yeah, Basically, trying to find other people that want you to um, rent out their vacation rental for them. Um, and this is kind of a, you would think it's kind of an easy thing, but it's kind of tricky, I think. Yeah, it is tricky because it's very hard to target owners. So very the question hard. comes up is how can you drive more owners to your website? What's, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a couple different strategies you can take. I, I think... I think it's, you can take some digital strategies, but, um, like we've talked about this with social media, it's quite difficult because how do you target someone, um, that just wants to find a vacation rental company for their house? That's, that's right. That's hard. There's really no there's interest no for that. Yeah. There's no specific targeting for that. So you have to kind of. I don't know. If I were to try and do it, it would probably be focused on a geographical location. And I would, you can target things like people interested in, um, I don't know. Well, maybe that wouldn't even work. I was going to say real estate investing, but still that wouldn't even work. I right. guess you just focus on serve ads in a, in a local area and then just see what the data does for you and try and narrow yeah. it down. Remarketing would be a good one, though. Remarketing would be Oh, yeah, remarketing is definitely. You know, you could remarket from a page on your website. If you've got an owner acquisition page or a homeowner's page, um, you could take people that hit that page. Not like a login page or something like that, but like an information page. You know, like, here's what yeah, you would exactly. get if you let us rent your home out for you. 
And really, that that's step one. Let's back up first. Yeah. Let's um let's talk about like you need a you need a very good homeowner acquisition page on your website. Yeah. Before you can do any sort of marketing, because I mean, what are you going to send them to if you if you do your marketing? Yeah, don't send them to the homepage. <laughs> right. <Don't>. Exactly. That's <laughs> rule number one. We have a lot of rule number ones, but that's one of rule number ones. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the the a good homeowner acquisition page uh, that drives that conversion drives them to contact you is is step one that's that's really what you need and this includes like you know other owner testimonials uh hopefully videos uh why you're why you're great at what you do versus the competition and you know don't just come up with something on your own look at your competition and see what's great about their their pages and what you can do better because in your local area that homeowner a potential homeowner has looked at every single one of these pages. Oh yeah, right. They're shopping around just yeah. like a vacation rental renter. So they're shopping around. So make your page better than your competitions. So that's step one. And then you know when when you're talking about actually getting acquisition, getting people to look at that page, that's where it becomes much more difficult because you can't really get a list of email addresses uh, that you can target with the people that own homes in the area. Uh, yeah. You can't use Facebook to to target people who um, own a second home that live in another state or anything. You know, it, it's it, and real estate investing is very vague, so th- there's really no no bucket to try to get in front of a brand new audience um, in any way, shape, or form in that regard. The only um the only way that that you can uh you know make sure that you get maximized is uh a have someone work on the SEO of that page uh, that I'm talking about make sure it ranks well and also do pay per click um for people that are searching specifically for property management vacation rental management uh, et cetera et cetera in your area and um try to get them get them to that page to to contact you. Of course, we have uh, postcards too. Um, those actually still work. Uh, you know, with any any local real estate database, you can find people that own homes uh, in a certain neighborhood in a certain area, and you can and you can only get the the snail mail postal address, but uh, you know you can get that uh, that information and uh, send postcards or letters and, and stuff out to those those clients. But yeah. we're, we're not there digitally yet, it, and that's the, that's the hard part is, like, how do I get a email address uh, of a from a postal address, you know? Um, there are services out there that offer that, but I, I'm not 100%. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sold on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on that exactly on that idea that that way of getting that data it seems a little bit. I don't know. I can't connect the yeah. dots for me in yeah. my mind. And let alone you don't have permission to email them anyway. So, yeah. or use them in, in part of marketing unless they opt in for it. So it, yeah. it's just one of those one of those tough situations. But um, you know, if you do, uh, let's talk about measurables. Um. Yep. and how to how to actually measure that you know yeah what's um so like we know that a conversion for a consumer is a booking but what would be a con- good conversion metric for a homeowner that would be yeah. a good question is like what 
what do we, I think different things can be conversions. And obviously if you get them as a homeowner, if you're a vacation rental manager, like that's, that's a win, right? That's kind of like, that's a sale. Um, but what I feel like there's probably some smaller metrics that you could be measuring out there. So help me, help me think, Paul, what are some metrics out there? I was thinking, yeah, maybe again, let's, let's back up, you know, how can we track, you know, since we're talking right. about maybe more non-traditional marketing, um, one way that we could track would be tracking phone calls. You could have a separate, um, number dedicated to just mm-hmm. homeowner acquisition. Um, right. and then yep. anyone that calls that number, you can track that down the line. At least you're getting some sort of data from that. So let's just say you do some snail mail, you put a specific number on there, and then you track and see how many people actually called that number versus how many people sent you the very specific email address that was on there, you know, mm-hmm. for that. And you're going to get some people yeah. that are just going to find you online and, and call you from the number online. But right. at least you're putting some some data points out there that you could be able to track. Yeah, right. exactly. Am I missing? And not only that too. The, the um, get buy a new domain name uh to put on that postcard or snail mail as well. Yeah, and that domain name could be like um, company name management dot com. You know, yeah. something like that to where it, um, you can have your your marketing company set up a redirect slash track on that to where, um, if they go to that website that URL, they they'll go specifically to that property management page that you have built, but we can incorporate tracking code into that to see how many people actually went to that domain from that postcard to get to your site. So two measurables right there via phone call, via um, tracking. And like, like David said though, just they might just Google your name once they get your postcard, which in that way there's a disconnect and no real way of tracking that unless you ask, Hey, how did you hear about us? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's important too on your, you know, if they do just Google you, um, having a, did I say that? Google, Google you, um, having a clear path for them on your website of, Hey, are you a homeowner? Are you looking for a vacation rental company? Having a really clear path where it's easy for them to find that page because you're going to be able to see in your Google analytics that they're going from this point, they're going directly to that page and they're spending a little bit of time on it. Um, reading, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so Um, and then I would throw in too, if you, let's say you do some snail mail and you, um, put a new, uh, domain name on there as mm-hmm. quickly as you can, um, for those people, I would say, try and get an email address. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but like, yeah. try and get an email, at least an email address. If, if you can get an email address and a name, um, that right. would be even better. But something that's solid where you can actually retarget them a little bit more because that email address, mm-hmm. if they give you the one that they use for everything, most likely it's going to be in a um, associated with a Facebook account. And it's going to be the one that yeah. they check most of the time. And so you could put them into an email campaign. You could put them into retargeting ads for Facebook and Instagram. I mean, there's, there's a number right. of things that you can do there with that email address, but that's kind of an important piece of data to have so let's let's dive into that a bit more so let's say that uh uh, a a good tactic that that we've used in the past let me let me back up good tactic was uh have have gated content and what gated content means is that uh here's a a 2021 
uh, rental projection outlook, or here's market trends that you need to be aware of. Here's a here's a white paper PDF that yeah. um, any homeowner would want to have and get their hands on. But in order to get it, you have to put in your email address and your name. So you know that that's a good way to grab that that data that you're talking about and get that email so that you can then remarket to them to them later and um you know do those emails out to them follow up and and i don't want to say hound them as much as possible but um stay in front of them you know yeah. they they might not make that decision that week they it might um might take 2 3 4 5 weeks before they actually um sign up or, or contact you even to begin the negotiation process. Yeah. So keeping, keeping yourself in front of them, um, via Google pay-per-click, uh, doing remarketing Google, uh, or, um, Facebook ad remarketing, um, at remarketing is, is a huge portion of it. And something else to keep in mind too, when you're doing remarketing ads, they've, and you know they've already been to your property management page, doing a remarketing ad that sends them back to that same exact page that they've already seen is kind of pointless. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it, right? Yeah, I mean, they've is. already been to that page. What else are they going to do? They've yeah. already filled out the form. They've got, they put in the email address. So, I mean, How what else gonna- are you providing to them. So that's why I always recommend like have a few, um, I call them orphan pages to where these pages aren't necessarily linked up, uh, in the website, but they are separate pages that you can, uh, serve ads or serve, um, serve those, those potential clients that have maybe just a full page of owner testimonials. And then that remarketing ad could be a owner testimonial that um, makes them, hey, click for more to see more owner testimonials. Um, what about a, a page dedicated to uh, how you structure your pricing or how you structure your housekeeping fees and uh, what 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 money goes where and why you're the best for to have that bottom line. You know, think your, your main, your main property management page is your, your in, right. But yeah. your other pages that I'm talking about are the ones that will drive home the, the, the sale, you know, rather than, and these are automated stuff, automated pages. Um, the only caveat now I'm, I'm starting to ramble, but things are just <laughs> popping in my head. The only caveat um, with doing remarketing for Google now, fa- Facebook has this as well, but it's a much lower, much lower threshold. Um, you have to have a, um, and it's funny because I've seen this number two different times: a minimum of 100 or a minimum of 1,000 uh, impression or um, people that visited that page yeah it's a thousand before you can start actually serving remarketing ads to that audience so you've got to have a lot of people that actually visited that page and you said yours was a thousand for facebook facebook is a thousand and i think it's over a 30-day period so if you can accumulate Mm -hmm. that data over 30 days um they'll serve the ads but if not they actually they just say that there's just not enough data to serve the ads to that that segment yeah Exactly. So all this stuff that we're talking about is really dependent on if you have enough traffic to that property management page. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that comes back. We're going to come full circle to the first question that I asked was how can you drive more owners to your website? So it really does come back to 
driving that traffic and coming up with strategies and, and ideas. And I was going to say you hit the nail on the head because it's not about saying it's not about pitching to these people because that they don't want to hear that. They want to hear about data. They want to hear about stories of other homeowners. They want to hear about, you know, they want to see some educational things on how they're going to be successful because they're trying to make money just like a vacation rental manager is trying to make money as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, very true. Yeah. So you, you hit the nail on the head, but that's all. I mean, that's all I had, unless you've got a good, I, a good <laughs> campaign that you can reference that someone did that was like, wow, but that's basically it. Yeah. That, that's the thing is, is the, the owner acquisition campaigns, they are, I don't want to say hit or miss cause that's not the right word, but it's, it's very tough to judge their success because of all the disconnects that happen between phone calls and between postcards and between, uh, you know, them coming to the site via mobile, then coming back via desktop and calling once they're, you know, on the road or, or, Hey, they remember your name. Cause they saw you had a billboard, you know, then there's a lot of owners that <clears throat> will, uh, judge you and your company based on your quote unquote presence. So they'll only judge you if you show up for destination vacation rentals in Google search, you know, they, they, they look at stuff like that, that, um, Hey, they've got a lot of exposure or, Hey, I still, I see their billboards everywhere when I'm on vacation. Hey, I see their yard signs at the, on the houses. You know, I know this brand because I see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's going to transfer to the vacation renters and, um, that, that's a, that's brand recognition that would, would <laughs> David and I have both beaten into the ground on this podcast <laughs> is huge, you know, it is in, in, in stuff like that. So yeah. keep your brand alive as much as you possibly can through all out all aspects. Yeah. Keep it alive and stay unique. Pull out yeah. the things that make, that make you unique as a vacation rental manager. Cause I'm sure that there are things, I mean, Anytime we talk with with a new company that we work with, um, there's always just really, really unique traits to these to these companies. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And and, and it's funny, too. Last last a little word of wisdom uh, that I that before we depart today. But the what we've noticed and now you're hitting nails on the head. There is always some competitive advantage that your company has that the other one does not. Yeah. However, it sometimes takes us three or four months of talking to you on a regular basis to figure out what that competitive advantage is because you're not coming out with that information quickly. Yeah. uh, And you don't know that advantage yourself until it, it just becomes apparent that, Hey, I offer this that nobody else does, you know? So, even the smallest thing can can us as marketers can make a big deal of i guess you could say to to promote to make it seem like um you know it it is you are the only company you are the best company for this very small competitive advantage that you do have and and so, so think about that stuff and why you are better than than your competition. And I don't want to hear things like because we provide great service yeah, or don't, everybody don't. provides great service. <laughs> you know, it's on everybody's website. We're the say, best at what we do. <laughs> nine times out of ten, those unique traits are not on people's websites. Right. So, right. I mean, exactly. that's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. But uh, you guys are all unique, and we love yeah. it. It's awesome. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Spot on. All right. If you guys want to um, share your unique traits with us or some campaigns that you've done for um, homeowner acquisition or anything like that, or just send us a question in general, you can find us on Facebook at Intercoastal Net Designs, Twitter at Intercoastal, or you can email us um, podcast at iCoastalNet.com. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Cheerio. Thank you.